Welcome back to Chasing Mavericks. How's it going? Oh, man. Big old Maverick Monday. Maverick Monday. You should see all the white heads in here bobbing to uh, Coolio right now. Yes. Pretty funny. Oh, man. Sometimes. I'm the most Southern Californiaist in this room. Sometimes being in youth ministry feels like walking down the valley of the shadow of death. That's true. Right? (laughs) Oh, man. So, hey, we just want to say thank you for listening for our official week two of uh, Chasing Mavericks. I want to give a quick uh, kind of idea of, uh, of what Chasing Mavericks is about. But first, I'd like to introduce our room here, our uh, who we have. We have um, Sir Mike Hazelrig. I'm, I'm sitting to Derek's left, Mike Hazelrig, junior high director here at Clovis Hills. Uh-huh. And over here, we've got... Uh, I'm Dan. Um, I'm producer. Of everything, ever, yeah, I just produce everything. everything. He's all around campus all the time. <laughs> all right, and I'm Rochelle, and I'm the Pure Four Five Six Preteen Director. Yeah, so uh, essentially, a couple weeks ago, I, I uh, preached this message called "Chasing Mavericks," and I seen this um, during during the summertime. A professional surfer caught the biv- biggest wave ever, and they call Mavericks. Right, and so uh, I watched it on Instagram because that's how you watch all your latest news now. <laughs> and so um, I uh, I was inspired by it though because people on the beach were watching this guy ride this Maverick, and it's as Mike would say, it was like five, five million feet tall of water. Of water, yes. five million feet tall of water. <laughs> this guy is probably f- like going. A thousand miles an hour down the wave. If we're going to be drastic, we're we're Baptists, right? A thousand and five miles an hour down the wave, and what happens is um, he rides it all the way to the beach, right? As it Crazy. dies down. But the 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 inspiring part about it was when God. I, this is what inspired me. When God does something that amazing, it captures everybody. And either you're somebody watching it and praising it because it's so big what God is doing, or you're the person riding right in the middle of it, and God is using you on that Maverick in that moment, and it's one of the most exciting things that you've ever done. And then when you get to the shore, everybody is praising what God did with you at that moment. And so it's just super exciting to see that. Um, the other downside to the Maverick, though, is if you're not riding it the right way, it's going to wreck you, <laughs> right? Um, and everyone's going to watch that, too. And that's ministry, right? Like, that's right. 100% ministry. Uh, I feel like sometimes we are the living reality TV shows of Christianity. Well, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight is, well, what happens when you crash? Because oh, we've yeah. all crashed. It's a perfect segue, oh, actually. Yes. So for for segment number one, I, I think we should just talk about like the overall impending doom of <laughs> of crashing and what it does to you. Ooh, right? Yeah. Um, hmm. For me, it, the hard ones. I'm a perfectionist. Come from the business world. I like the X's and O's, the numbers. I'm the numbers guy. I like seeing perfection. I like how you think X's and O's are numbers. <laughs> I hate you, Dan. <laughs> okay, so uh, so what happens though Sorry. is, uh, good, is uh, what what happens though Hugs is when a night isn't executed well, the worst feeling that happens to me is a flat night. 
oh, you can feel it. When, like the kids aren't buying into it. They're like, they're, you don't hear them say it, but they're whispering, I'm never coming back here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is my first time and it sucks. Why? Because this game is boring, you know? And then you're like, then you go up and five of your guitars don't work on stage and one of your, uh, and the drums like blow up and then like you have to come up and preach a message and nothing in your soul wants to preach that message. Exactly. And then you go for the salvation message and nobody walks up or raises their hand or looks at you. Oh yeah. And then you feel horrible. You're like, why am I here? What am I doing this for? Right. Why am I doing this? The flat night is the worst feeling in ministry to me. So what was you? What about you guys? So, you know, I think about. I've I've also been in ministry a long time. I I started as a youth pastor back in two thousand one, um, no two thousand two, and I wasn't even out of high school yet. You could have been my youth pastor. <laughs> oh, we would have had words, baby. Oh, words. Uh, I was like seven, bro. No, I, I, had, <laughs> I had kids that were in jail. We we had some roughnecks, but as I think back, being young, I remember specifically. My daughter, who's now 14 years old, um, we were sending about 50 kids to Hume Lake, and I just remember I was tired. She was about two weeks old, and she had had a major surgery, so she was still in the hospital. So I drove back. We had plenty of leaders to take charge, and I just remember just saying just the rudest thing to my kids as we were sending them off, and basically to the effect of, like, don't disappoint me by screwing around. Like, just rude, mean obnoxious and I looked around and you ever say something and you just immediately go oh no I just lost everyone I was in front of multiple times a day I was in front of every parent all the pastors of the church and the pastor came to me and said we're going to talk about that later I'll give you the your daughter almost died discount but uh, you can't talk to kids like that ever again and you just feel like the biggest jerk yeah. So, you know, there are failures like that, but then there's also like the flat night. There's the times where I'm a piano player, I'll just start leading a song and I'm like, I'm playing in the wrong key. You know, there, there's even just little stuff and you just feel so dumb. What I've found though is, you know, if we just own it in the moment, uh, people realize you're human and just move on, but it's super hard to do. For me, the worst nights are, it, it's twofold. Um, I hate when the small details stop start acting up. So, you know, there's obviously the things that aren't in your control. Like, like Derek said, you know, the drums blowing up or whatever. Like, you have those moments where it's like, oh, like, this just died. Or we had a power outage. Or there's nothing we can do about it. Or we couldn't afford a good computer, so the computer crashed on us or whatever. Like, there are things like stuff's going to happen, like, no matter how hard you plan. Yep. But I think for me, the the frustrating ones are like, when you almost immediately can look and say, oh, that was my fault. Yes. <laughs> and you just know it. Like, there's this moment where you're like, you know, I had a moment. I had a moment on a Sunday, like, when I was doing, when I was doing main service tech where our, our former uh, uh, senior pastor, now one of our lead pastors, uh, Steve, um, I knew just I should have changed his batteries between services and it happened as sir start and his mic just dies. And I'm like, this is clearly my fault. 
or and everyone in the room is looking back at you at the soundboard as I have to do the walk of shame up to stage with a mic to bring him or or you have those moments in youth where like you do and you know it's like just things went wrong because you're being an idiot Mm -hmm. and you sit there and you start thinking you get that feeling of I'm going to get a text or a phone call about this tomorrow. <laughs> and, then no, the, and then the text comes and yep. you're just like, oh, that, yep. yeah. And it's worse when you know it's your fault. It's probably a little easier when, when it is out of your control, right? But, oh, it's, it's no less frustrating when it's out of your control. Mm-hmm. Still um, frustrating. But it, it, it's still frustrating, but it's easy um, because you can, if it's under your control, I mean, yeah, you can look and say, okay, well, let's prevent this in the future. But in the moment, it's still so freaking frustrating. Oh, like, yes. I could have just done, I could have fixed that. Like, I swear that projector worked all week and now it stopped <laughs> working. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. Oh. What about there's you? a perspective of failures, though, that I'm going to kind of twist it up a little bit, though, because there's something in the core of me who doesn't want to be known as someone that screwed up, so I will hide my failures, or I will cover it up so it doesn't look so bad or feel so bad, um, and what I really think is a failure. Um, so I, I even think about ways like early, early on, in ministry life, you know, you're driving a car and you have a bunch of students in the car. The things that you choose to do with students in the car, you know, could have huge ramifications, you know. And obviously there's a lots oh, yeah. of legal things that have changed over the years because, you know, this is 20-something years ago when, you know. When youth ministry parents, was created. When parents weren't as paranoid about certain things and, you know, but you look back to how you behaved and True. the examples that you oh, set oh, and, you know, and, and really part of my testimony is just I would be one girl on a Saturday night and I would be the good church girl the next day on Sunday. And so as a personal failure of mine, I didn't step into what God had for me at my fullest at opportunities where I could have had a better witness or just a better um, example of Jesus to those students at that time in their life. And so I have personally failed them, even though they probably have no clue about it. So, um, and I think even now, like just in um, my own ministry realm that I am in is um, I would be failing if I didn't allow my leaders to step into their giftings and goals. Um, I would fail in... um, thinking less of myself that I'm not capable of doing certain things. Um, And so it's kind of squashing God in my life when I don't step up and and choose to be obedient in the things that he's calling me to. Um, Yeah, so there's there's different ways that I can view failure as well. Um, and not in just, you know, something not working. Even it, ones that no one can see. Yeah. You're just feeling mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 Just that inner, you know, and a lot of times I'm just like, oh, whatever. And then you just shout out the quick prayers like, okay, God, fill in the gaps because right now I got nothing, you know. And, you know, he, he does. And he just, he again proves himself faithful through those failures time and time again. Well, we, we've all had those. So yeah. all of us in this room have preached or taught to junior high, high school, little kids, in big church, whatever, you know, sometimes you just can't even quiet your mind. Mm-hmm. You're up there, you're trying to yeah. get to a point, and you're noticing every little movement of people, like, ooh, <clears throat> they're not paying attention, that oh, one, yeah. and you feel like a failure in the moment. Oh, yeah. And I think we do need to just remind ourselves that, yeah. you know, this is normal, um, and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, whether you feel like you're succeeding right now or not, but yeah. it's pretty tough. <laughs> 
We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to, um, we're just going to jump into it and share some stories of just moments. Um, I think it'll be cool. I think, uh, I, I think it'll end up being funny, to be honest, because it's always fun to laugh at the yes. later. So, <laughs> Especially later. Oh, yeah. So this is, uh, this is, uh, Chasing Mavericks, uh, brought to you by Clovis Hills Youth and, uh, all sorts of great other people. Um, we will be right back. Welcome back to Chasing Mavericks. Um, how are you guys doing? Good. Oh man, were you asking me or the audience? We're <laughs> exciting for uh, we're excited for uh, talking about our failures. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's uh, gonna be fun. <laughs> um, I, I we're gonna keep it light too. I think uh, you know it's it's always good to be able to laugh at yourselves. Um, we take what we do seriously, but try not to take ourselves too seriously. So um, I'm gonna let Mike go first here. Okay, I'm 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 thinking of. When I was young, and I think I had one, maybe two kids. I have four kids now. And I just remember this being just a very simple little failure, but it had some drastic impact on someone's life. So we were on our way back from bringing a bunch of kids to Hume Lake. Our church was way up in the Sacramento nice. area. So it's like a long trip. It's a five or six hour trip. And so we... <laughs> We borrowed a bunch of vehicles. This is back in the old days where we were like just allowed to borrow vehicles and do whatever. Go wherever you want. And we didn't have any buses and we didn't do whatever. And I just remember we had a nine-passenger Suburban. You guys remember the old school nine-passenger Suburbans? Oh, where yeah. Where it's like back row, middle row, and then the, there was even a kid sitting in the front middle. <laughs> but the back row wasn't even really a back row. It, it was not really. Like, Wood panel station like, wagon. You yeah, can turn face backwards. back yes. direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had one of those. Dope. I borrowed that thing on like a Friday because it was filthy. We got it all cleaned up, filled it up with gas, drove it the six-hour trip, had the whole week of camp, drove it all the way back. I drove it back to my house on Saturday, oh, I washed it, cleaned it, did all this stuff. And then Sunday morning, we were getting ready to have our big Sunday where the kids talked about their decisions they made. It was Youth Sunday. I was going to be teaching, preaching at church on that Sunday. And... I swear to you, we must have put 800 miles on this thing, and 85 feet from the front gate of the church, it just died on the hill. Oh. It just died. And I looked two cars behind us. It's the guy who owns the Suburban, and he's just sitting there. Someone else was driving it. I got out, and I'm like, what's going on? They're like, the car, it, it stopped going. We ended up finding out it was the transmission went out oh, and no. it cost them like six thousand dollars oh, to Lord. replace. Whoa. Luckily it was one of our families that was, you know, super generous. They're like, hey, look, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. And they were super gracious about it. And then I had to go in and preach at church on Sunday morning, talk about, you know, and you're not in the game. I was just like, no, we broke this guy's car. They let us borrow two, a big van and a suburban. Luckily, we only broke one of his vehicles, but <laughs> and they never let you borrow a car <laughs> ever again. again. I, you know, I don't think we did borrow their van the next year. <laughs> yeah, Goodness. and the hard part about those kind of situations is like the intent on both sides is just to do the right thing. Yes, and so you're <laughs> like, I feel bad. I personally asked for this car, but I'm doing it in the Lord's name. Yeah. You know, and there's and you're no like, way I or the church could afford mm. to fix it. Yeah. Cars are the worst. I, bet, just like, I, 
I backed Sean's truck uh, um, into... <laughs> oh, no, I, I we did an outreach last year, and I didn't hitch the trailer all the way. Oh, shoot. And, uh, <laughs> and we, were trying to, we were trying to stop it, and the trailer, all of a sudden, I see it pop up. Oh, no. And then it did scraped it the, back of the, the back of the tailgate. Oh. <laughs> Everything you need is like, oh. I was freaking out, but then he and was. And Sean's our head pastor, too. Yeah, right? our He's senior our pastor. Best, I've, yeah. I've barred his truck. I don't know <laughs> how he lets everybody do it, but I'd barred his truck for years before Derek went and bought one. And uh, <laughs> now the, he probably uh, is. Well, it's funny is his response was, "Hey, you didn't uh, you didn't mess it up as lot, much as our last youth 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 pastor. His name we won't name. <laughs> yeah, he jacked it up pretty badly at one oh. point. Oh, no. But uh, oh, no, I feel, I always felt bad about that. Um, my biggest trailer would have to be worship night on the roof. <laughs> oh my goodness. We thought it would be fun. It was me and uh, a bunch. Of, this was like I was like fresh out of high school. Our, it might have been like, on yeah, the I was roof here at Clovis here, uh, the, yeah, this the story gets the retold big, a few times. Roof. Okay, uh, fresh out of high school, um, I had a key to the place. I don't know why. Um, well, I was I was helping do tech for another ministry, so um, stole a key. Um, no, I was doing <laughs> tech for Silver Recovery. So ah, yeah, um, and I had a parent leading that ministry, so I had a key, and we um, we thought we'd do something awesome. It was the summer, and we're like, hey, let's gather some students and just have like a night of worship, just some acoustic guitars and a little cone or something and have fun we thought it'd be great and then we get here and some kid was like you know what would be cool what if we did worship night like on the roof <laughs> so and Dan's like I know where that I'm ladder like, is like, that's, that's dope amazing idea. so we carry our instruments and like a group of like 15 to 20 of us up three ladders I've to get to the roof <laughs> it's, it's sketch um, I don't know how we got the instruments up there we get up there. What happens is another kid shows up to find worship night, doesn't know where it is, texts his leader, another leader that was there with me. That leader tells the kid, oh, we're on the roof. That kid tells his dad. That dad tells uh, one of our lead pastors. Oh. Goes back down the chain to a bunch of different people. Eventually, I get a call. Hello? While you're on this yeah. roof? <laughs> yeah, I get, a, I get a call from our youth pastor. He's like, Get off the roof. <laughs> all 20 of us come down. It just feels so bad. I totally think we should reenact that. Oh. Well, j- j- our next our next ministry podcast is going to be from the, the from the roof. From the roof. You're just going to hear a ton of wind all the time. <laughs> we, we took a group of Chasing our leadership kids. Seagulls kid. and Mavericks. We did take a group of our leadership kids up there once to just pray over their schools and pray over the city, cool. which is funny because cool. you can't really see anything up there because the wall's pretty high, but oh, yeah, it's just a good. cool feeling, you know? You just know Clovis North High School is over there. That direction. Yeah. De- Derek, what about you? Um, you know, I was trying to think about this one. I think my first ministry failure comes in my first day working here. Like my first official day on staff. So I left um, I left a meeting the day before. We have all kind of people in this meeting. I'm feeling like a baller. I'm like, dude, I love I love my job, which I did. Um, and then uh, and then I go into uh, doing a laser tag night Holy. and laser tag night is super exciting um a ladder fell on mike's piano uh but yes <laughs> that was not my fault i got a phone call about that one not from you oh man but from the guys who did it <laughs> yes um but i had the junior high pastor at the time he was 21 here 20 um and it was just a rough situation he was Kind of in this area where he wanted to prove himself, and he was kind of trying to take the job that I had because he wanted to be the high school pastor. And so he's being a jerk to me the whole night. 
right? And I'm like, I'm dragging boards from our trains all the way into the youth room, and it's like, I'm like, I just. It was raining too. It was raining. <laughs> it We're was talking that. That's yeah. That's 150 yards probably yes, dragging. Yes. Like it's like it, like each one you're getting tired and tired and it's like twelve <laughs> o'clock at night and he's like trying to boss me around and I'm like I've seen this before he's never done it before so he didn't like want to take any feedback and instead of being like the younger or the older mature guy and being like hey, you are now a year and a half later yeah a year and a yeah. half later um, no this is like yeah yeah a year and a half later <laughs> oh, so much has changed um, <laughs> and, and so uh, so what happens is I just pop off on him and I tell him who he is and I instantly regret it oh and he leaves frustrated and I finished setting up the night by myself yeah. <laughs> and so I got a dose of humility really fast <laughs> thank you Jesus that worked well for the humility uh, <laughs> Um, and uh, and then the next day, the event went off, and we decided to uh, introduce ourselves to Mike because I threw a ta- or I threw a ladder on his piano. And then that's how it all began. Luckily, huh? we opened and it when the just piece just to get to the to the keys opens. <laughs> oh. It blocks the part that they put the scratch on, so you cannot see it. If you were gonna say, where could I scratch the crap out of this beautiful grand piano? <laughs> That is the that spot that I would spot. say. The one spot. The, the one. only spot. The only spot. Oh, I guess that leaves me. <laughs> and I I literally, like, I think try to block out failures. I just don't want to know. But um, I know there's been plenty. Uh, Renew Conference 2017 and, and 18. No, because... Oh. My peer team will come back at you like <laughs> you won't even know. I've won championships oh. in contests, oh, and people goodness. are still so salty about it. We have a little it. fight going on in ministry land um, between leaders. Just healthy competition. But just wait. When my leaders get a hold of this radio broadcast, hmm. Some saltiness right so, now. So, mm, failures. Oh, gosh, I think if I think of early years... I think my early years on staff at Hume, actually, and as a Ponderosa lead counselor, and um, I remember getting into it. There's There was a group of girls that I kind of oversaw in a certain cabin area, and I don't remember exactly what went down, but I offended some leaders in this church so bad that the youth pastor had to sit me down and kind of walk through, like, things that I did wrong or said wrong or Ugh. offended. And, and so those are huge humiliating conversations for me because I don't think my heart was intending to to do what what they felt I did so um, just early on having those hard conversations with with people in authority and in youth ministries and different things and um, Hume just really helped me ministry wise just deal with a lot of different scenarios across the board um, and deal with different leadership styles and and decisions and things like that but um, I think um, as far as Clovis Hills and Pierre, right off the bat, I think with trying to be so creative and figuring out how to put together the peer room um, and having to own up to the questions like, well, what did you paint the peer deck with fire retardant paint? I'm, I don't know if I'd painted it. I just painted it so it looked cool. And oh, so, that means no, right? You know, yeah. it's just it's just <laughs> these things that you, you're trying to do a good job, but yet you feel like you're failing all at the same time. Like, yeah. good job, it looks cool, but, you know, did you follow this rule, this rule? I'm like, I don't know. You know, so 
And of it, course, when you're doing these things, there's nobody to tell you until the after rule book, you do right? it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you're but like, but we do oh. have like the assistant fire captain goes to our church, and then they're going to call us out on it after the fact, right? Yeah. But yeah, so I think it's just like you and know, the right, fire inspector, yes, the fire inspector. <laughs> feeling like you failed right out of the gate, and you know, and just going, oh, you know, I don't know, Lord, you got to figure something out because I'm trying my best here, but. Um, yeah, and I just think little little things along the way of, you know, relationships with kids, like how you treat them, how you talk to them, how you respond to a parent. Like, I just think of all kinds of yeah. crazy things. But There's tons of little stuff all the yeah. time because we're Right off the bat humans. is just, you know, the peer room itself. And, you know, you realize that there's slats in the peer deck. You know, Stuff's you know how much in there? crap is on that carpet <laughs> underneath the pier deck There's gotta right be now? popsicle sticks. Dead mice. <laughs> I'm you know, scared to just... see the day we ripped that out. I can't believe you guys <laughs> took the pirate ship out of there and the moved that. It's still in there. It's still in there, but it moved. Well, it moved. It it's did. moved a couple times. We, we have some this dreams huge for pirate ship in there. Saddleback Church gave it to us, and basically yeah. it was somebody called Scott and said, do you want a pirate ship? And he said yes without knowing the scale of this thing. <laughs> It's enormous. It is. It's awesome. But it's we're gonna, awesome. When you're born on a budget, you do whatever you can. You know? When Saddleback tries to give you Big anything, you just steel. take it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, do we have 20 seconds for me to tell a really fast failure? Yeah, hurry up, because then we're going to go to our next segment. I made, so. so I was a worship pastor, and I had an entire two whole families leave the church because I told one of the girls that she was not allowed to wear death metal t-shirts with blood and gore in front of the main service on Sunday morning. Dude, how dare you? Leading worship in that shirt, and two whole families left the church over it. Oh, my goodness. I baptized a kid in a Slayer shirt once. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah, we we were at this little, uh, little kind of church with a lot of old people, and they were very offended. So, gosh. Oops. Well, hey, um, we're going to come back in just a bit, and we're going to do one more segment. We're going to kind of talk about what um, what it looks like coming back from some of these moments and how we um, just how we move forward in the ministry. Um, you've been listening to Chasing Mavericks with uh, Clovis Hills Youth. Uh, we will be right back. Dude, welcome back to Maverick Mondays. Uh, we are going to talk about right now uh, what it is to bounce back from failure, uh, what it is to feel the next morning, how do we work through that with God. We're going to get a little more religious right now. Instead of just talking about our church failures, we're going to talk about how we recuperate from those. Um, and, you know, the funny part is uh, I think one of the things that I found in ministry uh, and, and kind of like what I like about one of our bosses is he's pretty gracious, but we have a saying at, at Clovis Hills, just own it, right? And a lot of the times just owning your sins and your mistakes end up helping you out a lot of the ways. Um, the, the hard part about owning this is everything that we do is highly relational. And so um, pride and ego and... And if, if you're a lady, um, I don't know what gets in the way, but for me, just pride and ego, uh, and, and shame and remorse. And oh, it's yeah. almost kind of like the, the gentle teddy bear or the giant teddy bear type of deal. I didn't mean to squeeze you that hard. I didn't mean to push you that hard. Um, which is what I found a lot of the times, right? Um, as a high school youth pastor, there are some times where students put themselves in situations and you worry about their safety, and then you come off a little brass, and their feelings yep. are hurt, 
and you're worried about their safety more than anything else or what they're doing or campus policies um, and then you come down hard on them what I have found uh, in ministry a lot of the times with students and parents and pastors and co-workers is when you own it and you say um, you know I, I didn't mean to go that far or I was doing it from this intentionality um, it sucks it's humiliating it's shameful mm. right you're like I think that I think Satan uses the shame against us a lot of the times mm-hmm. uh, I am a bad leader I'm a bad shepherd I am a bad pastor yeah. uh, ministry director however you guys speak to yourselves uh, and what I have found though is uh, and one of the things that I think I love I love most about Clovis Hills kind of going on my prodigal son bent when I was in my my earlier 20s is that our redemption process at Clovis Hills, uh, although I don't always necessarily understand it, I do agree with it because it does a great job at restoring relationships and people, and God uses that as part of our um, as part of our overall ethos. And I think it runs through all of our ministries, right? Um, and so, what I have found, though, uh, I think Rochelle and Mike, you guys could chime in, and Dan, you could chime in on this as well. Dan probably has the most experience with <laughs> with coming. He's the comeback oh, we kid, love Dan. <laughs> right? I love Dan. I will use the Hulk all day long, but yeah. sometimes he smashes things on accident. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but his heart is <laughs> all true. in. His heart is all in, right? Um, but what I found is it's it's there's there's three elements to this. There is the the shepherding element, which mm-hmm. is uh, you're accountable to God, right? There's the parent element, you're accountable to the parents. There's the student element, you're ridiculously accountable to them. And then there's your standards. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that gets lost in all this translation is that your, your bosses usually see it. But it's the pressure and standards that we put on ourselves that usually cause us to yeah. crumble the most. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a type of person who's a perfectionist. So, you know, some of the times when I've, particularly when I get feedback on music stuff, because I'm like, this is like my heart, my soul. This I've been playing piano and for thirty, uh, let me this year thirty three years, and I think, well, how could that person critique my music? Like that's me, that's my art, and it cuts to your soul, and it, it is. The enemy, the devil working to try to get us to start thinking down on ourselves. Or in my case, thinking too highly of myself, like, I'm better than that guy. What does he know? And many times, they're totally right in what they're saying. Maybe they're not saying it in the right way either, but I'm certainly not taking it the right way. And so I think for some of us, Derek and I have similar personalities. We both have sales backgrounds. It's difficult to get someone just giving you honest an honest assessment. It's hard to take it because we take it personally. Like I, I take mm-hmm. it personally. It's hard to just say like, okay, they gave some advice. I can take what I can out of it. It may not mean anything. It may mean a bunch of stuff. And then I take it way too personally. And so the only way that I'm able to bounce back from those failures is just having people. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a mentor that I meet with. We have to download. I was on the phone tonight with my mom for like an hour talking about work, the kids, just everything. We have to have people. Yeah. You're saying in high school, Derek, is we never do life alone. And I think that needs to be true for all ages. So getting with people, getting people you can trust who can call you out on your stuff mm-hmm. and you can believe that they're just doing that for your own best interest. So 
the the crazy factor to this too as well is um is i think that the hard part for all of us is we're in this like group of we can't really talk about this to anybody else yes Right, so you gotta, other people don't understand. You gotta own it in front of everybody, and you can't say what really happened ninety percent of the time. Right? It's, it's like the CIA; there are dead bodies everywhere, but we can't talk about, can't it. Talk about but it. But I feel really bad for four, five, and six. Right? Like, um, oh, it's but like if they only knew, they would understand why I'm acting this way. The great part, though, is, um, and and Rochelle, you could chime in too as well. Is probably the the humility that comes into play of what God does in restoring you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's lessons in patience, humility. Don't ask the Lord for patience or humility because you'll be humbled yeah. and you'll be put in difficult situations. <laughs> I think we are super blessed to have the leadership that we are, you know, and they're quick to own for the most part. You know, as far as I know, they're quick to own when they're out of line with us. Um, but they do pull you alongside and, and try to help you in in the right ways as much as possible or just want to talk things out um with you to kind of get to the bottom of it and they want to hear your heart now, i have a little different side because i am a female and so i don't get as much guide time with our leadership as they would oh, they, yeah. they have personally said with me they can't just always take me out to lunch and have that's true you know all those conversations so Awkward. they have to look for which is so good i'm glad they walk with integrity yes. like that it's huge and so sometimes it does feel like I'm floundering out there and I don't get as much um, that you guys tend to do. But, um, and for me too, I have to watch when people come at me. It's the stubborn, I have a stubbornness <laughs> where, <No>. you know, <laughs> you know, I'm good, I got this, you know, what do you know, you know. Yep. And so I have to deal with my own personal demons in that. I think we all um, do that one. But I also have a really good team alongside me, too, in, in my particular ministry. And so it's a good balance of female and male. Yeah. And so sometimes those are my go-to, you know, and other, other um, leaders that I have a, um, a relationship with that serve in different areas of the church, too. So, but I, am, I know we're on to something new and different in our student ministry realm right now, just with all of us together. Yeah. With a united front and... You know, we know some of our previous failures, and we know we're going to mm -hmm. fail in the future. But like the whole talk this last weekend was on failing forward. That's right. That we can fail forward fall together. Fall forward, you fail know. forward. One one of the biggest pieces of advice that uh, uh, one of our pastors here gave me years ago was um, it was I was just out of high school. Um, I fell off a ladder. <laughs> Which you were reminded of which, all the time. Which, which I'm reminded of all the time. Now, metaphorically, physically fell <laughs> no, off a physically ladder. fell off a, off, 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 a 12, off a 12 foot ladder and had two boots on my feet. Um, and I had fallen, and I had, the reason this is so significant Fall forward, was, Dad. I had, <laughs> the, the, reason, the reason it was significant was because I had fallen, like, during high school. People knew me, like, as, as the high school, the kid who in high school fell off the ladder. And so when it happened this time, it was because I was just being dumb and unsafe and, like, didn't want to take the time to wait or do what I should have done and gone home and worked the next day. Um... You know, one of the things he told uh, that he told me was, "Hey, you know, you're allowed to make mistakes here. Just yes, like start making real mistakes. Like start start making mistakes because you were trying. Yeah. You know, 
Like stop making from being dumb. Stop stop <laughs> making essentially like stop making childish like mistakes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there there's a di- there's something to be said about realizing you did something dumb or something didn't work out. You learn from it and you move forward. Versus just well, I'm gonna just be the guy who keeps doing the crazy things and yeah. and and feel that way. And when it works, it looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the best thing he ever said to me, though. Like, it's awesome. You can make mistakes here. Just start making adult mistakes. Yeah. Pastor Sean, our lead pastor, is, he tells my kids this because we live in the same neighborhood, and he catches my kids doing stupid things. <laughs> Just own it. Like, it really is a big mm. deal. When I sin against my kids, when I yell and stuff, the best thing that I can do to them is just apologize and love on them. Mm. And I hope we can do that with our kids at church. I hope that we can catch ourselves when we're saying, mm-hmm. I try to be the funny guy all the time. That means I'm going to get in trouble with my fat mouth sometimes. And <laughs> yeah, own it, man. Own it. The The crazy part is, uh, how much time do we have, Dan? Yeah, about five minutes. The crazy part is, yesterday, uh, this junior hire comes up to me, cute little kid, and his dad's a pastor, and he's not a pastor at this church, and he's been drumming, and... Um, and we've had a lot of transition in junior high, and so Mike's helping out with junior high now, and I'm in there too as well. And what happens is he comes up to me and he goes, I'm not happy about X, Y, and Z, and no one's been like really like caring about me right now. And I said, buddy, I am so sorry that we failed you that way. And the crazy part about it is he just looked at me like, uh, "Are you? did you just say that? Yeah. You know, and it just de-armed the whole entire situation. Yep. He sat there and said, you know what? I said, can you just, can you show me grace for about a month? Let us get on track for about a month. Give us a, you know, he's a junior and hire. And I know so this kid. He's he, a great kid. He, he, and he's a junior hire. And so he, uh, he also, he, he also extended some of the things that are happening, you know, like, and I'm like, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> but I, I also just had to sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to tell this, this 13 year old. I am sorry. We have failed you. And what I hear is you want to be here, but it's not the same. That's and right. And so uh, as ministry leader, as a pastor, um, I had to ridiculously love him like God ridiculously loves me. Because the challenge is, do we really understand Jesus if we don't understand how to, to show ourselves grace, how to show ministry grace, how to uh, fail and come back from that? And yep. show the next generation how to do it. Yep. That's right. Yep. I'm ridiculously flawed, and Jesus is ridiculously Well, if, if you handled that situation in a different way, we've all heard the story from the person who says, oh, I used to go to church, but mm-hmm. I stopped because of this, 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 and that. Yeah. And we can own that now and mm-hmm. be very intentional, but now it's follow-up time. I know who the kid is. Mm-hmm. Now it's follow-up time. We need to make sure that we're plugging in kids where they want to be plugged in. And then we can take that responsibility to the next level. And then he has a great experience at church and wants to invite his friends to hear him, you know, when he's doing music and different things, you know? And a lot of church is about relationships, you guys. And so a lot of it uh, ends up coming about uh, if I don't piss somebody off in the next couple months, I'm probably not doing You're not engaged enough. I'm not doing something right, you know? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Right? And so so a lot of it just comes down to... uh, being able to own what we can own, saying sorry for what we can say sorry for, and then when we need to righteously stand up, righteously stand up. And yeah. pray that God gives us the right words. Because yes. usually the right they fail me at the right time because my anxiety is high. And at the end of the day, I don't think any of us really want to have 
any bad relationships with anybody here. Mm-mm. And no. that's the hard part, right? Is our hearts are all set in a tone to where um, I, I think uh, for a while I came from a recovery household. So it was always like, we're going to fight, but we're going to work it out. Not everyone comes with that mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. sometimes figuring out how do we work this out and stay with each other and work through it and, yeah. and, and be able to, uh, you know come to terms and that could be the hard part we do have to come down on leaders sometimes and we have to um you know some of our student leaders call it being benched but when we see something happening you know we do have to do that but how do we do it in the most loving way how do we do it not just to eliminate right now what they're doing but, but to, give them but the hope and give them the hope yeah. let them build let them grow we want them to come back as leaders you know and that that is a responsibility that i know we take very seriously. We want, if God didn't show me grace, I wouldn't be doing this right now and working with all these kids and getting this chance. So how can I not show that to the younger leaders and to you know the rest of our team? Preach. Well, hey, we're uh, running out of time here today, but this has been a great second week together. We're having a lot of fun with this show. And uh, hey, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. This is uh, Chasing Mavericks, brought to you by Clovis Hills Youth, and uh, we love you.